to me, you know, at the foundation, whether it's things we've experienced growing up or it's things that we've experienced just by the cultural norms we have to sometimes that are misaligned, we're always somehow fighting to find, I think, our best selves. Oh my gosh, because when we get out of our way and realize that the thing that we initially signed up to do was to either empower or to offer a solution or whatever it is, that we usually get tied up in all the nuts and bolts of it. Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Two guarantees, you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 91 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, and I'm delighted to be with you here live. It's been a minute. I think I don't think we've been live since August, so welcome, welcome. And we have a wonderful guest with us today, Alana DeGrasso. Welcome, Alana. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm excited about this topic because I know it's something I've thought about and had feelings of imposter syndrome quite a bit, mostly in the beginning of my business, like that whole, oh, they're going to figure it out. Like, I don't really know, you know, but I think there's a lot more <laughs> layers to it. So I'm excited to dig into it. I do want to say that today is dedication to our dear friend, Elizabeth who I'm walking for in the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer walk on Sunday. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're both rocking our pink. And I will, we will be sharing a link with y'all um, in case anyone would like to get involved or maybe uh, support my efforts. It's going to be my 16th year walking. And I doubled my goal this year. So it's sad that I have to walk in her memory. But it's work that I am proud to be doing. So, all right. I'm going to read... Alana's bio. Obsessed with building authentic engagement, Dr. Alana helps people share their genius without apology. This has a major influence on their perception and ability to reach new milestones. She helps remove tech overwhelm and makes complicated processes become tangible steps that make goal attainment possible. More than 20,000 individuals through her 23-year tenure as a professor and communication expert. She's been featured in Fox News, NBC, BNN, WERS, all the things. There's lots of things. TEDx stage. <laughs> Shout out Atlanta. I could go on. She's been <laughs> awarded the Robert C. Ford Fellowship, Martin Luther King Civic Leader Award, Laureate International Appreciation, and many more. Well, impressive. I was just telling her too that I'm, I'm reading her book tomorrow. Can't wait. An inspirational book offering persistence for a lifetime. So check that out. I'll include a link to it in the show notes for sure. And then she will be offering up her uh, book recommendation as well at the end. All right. And if you have any questions for her, please feel free to put them in the chat. All right. So let's start with what? What do you believe imposter syndrome is for anyone who might not know? Thank you. That's a great question. So when I think about imposter, first of all, nobody likes the name, but we all can usually relate to it. And to me, an imposter or the idea of having imposter syndrome really resonates when we think about how someone can already have you know, amazing goals. They can be an individual that is focused and has accomplished many things, but even in the midst of their accomplishments, 
sometimes they might tell themselves, I'm really not that, you know, good at what I do. All right. It, who are you talking about? That's not me. I mean, you know, even when, and, and I've coached individuals like, you know, Olympians, you know, athletes, professional athletes and CEOs from Fortune 500 companies. And look, in private spaces, many of us have struggled with imposter. So imposter to me is that inner voice that says you're really not as cut out as you think you are, or, you know, maybe these things that you're trying to do is really meant for someone else. And so imposter shows up in a lot of different ways. And that's my really brief way of explaining what imposter syndrome is. I love it. All right. So as I mentioned, I had a bit in the first couple of years of owning my business. It's not always caused by outside influences, but sometimes it is. Men and women both experience it, right? So I found this really interesting article from earlier this year, Harvard Business Review article. And here's a quote from it. As we know it today, imposter syndrome puts the blame on individuals without accounting for historical and cultural contexts that are foundational to how it manifests in both women of color and white women. Imposter syndrome directs our view toward fixing women at work instead of fixing the places where women work. So that's a lot, right? Like we could do a whole show based on that alone. So for me, this brings about a couple questions. How do you recognize that that's what's going on? That it's like an outside influence. And then how do we get out of our heads or get out of our own way when these feelings begin to creep up? So there's so many things I can share. I mean, when we think about imposter and we think about, you know, the variables that influence this, we have to think about a key word that I spent many years researching, which is persistence. And persistence is the ability to reach, you know, anticipated goals. And as adults, sometimes we don't even recognize some of these variables that actually impact how we actually perform or or what actually causes what I look at as self-sabotage. And so some of the things that actually arise from the foundations that you mentioned of imposter on the subconscious messages that we don't even realize sometimes that we're playing out. And I love the quote that you shared about how at the foundation, many women of color, not just women of color, but I have found many people don't often recognize how powerful the formative years are. So we did a research many, many years ago asking hundreds of graduate learners, you know, tell me a time when you felt like you could do anything and tell me a time when you felt like a failure. And what was amazing in that time and in those questions, and I mean, we, we asked hundreds of people this, was how many of them, adults, how many of them said, oh my goodness, I went through this particular thing. Maybe I was developing a new skill. Maybe I was trying to develop speaking, or maybe I was in school trying to stretch on a certain subject. And based upon how this person projected their thoughts about how I could do onto me, that's actually how I started to internalize whatever I thought my capabilities were. So to me, you know, at the foundation, whether it's things we've experienced growing up or it's things that we've experienced just by the cultural norms we have to sometimes that are misaligned, we're always somehow fighting to find, I think, our best selves. So in my own reflection of my own personal life, I can easily look at that time and remember when everything was uncertain, right? When you're little, you're kind of like this person on a training wheel trying to learn how to ride a bike. And, you know, and you're looking for these people that know better. And then as you get older, you start to figure out, wait a minute, this is who I am. But you still have to unpack all these messages, some that weren't necessarily the best for you. And so this is where we see it showing up and how we either avoid goals or new goals or how we kind of get to a plateau where we've done a lot of great things. And then we're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to (laughs) retire. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
But what I have found is in most cases, when I'm talking to people or give a talk, at the end, so many people often will tell me, oh, everything you said was so inspiring. I would have done X, Y, and Z if X, Y, and Z didn't happen. You know, and so I'm always kind of like fighting with that person, like, okay, that thing is still in you. You can still do it. Don't let age be a, you know, a factor. But these things of imposter and the variables that connect to them, self-sabotage, formative years and and so forth and so on. These are things that we're constantly having to deal with as we mature. So hopefully that answers part of it. I could talk about that. Yeah, for for sure. No, I know. And I think you talked about in your book too, right? That for like five years that you, people were telling you, you couldn't do it. And you believe Absolutely. them? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you know, I thought and to the point of what does it mean to be and not that we're just thinking about women, but in the sense of we wear many hats. And, you know, sometimes we do want to write that book or we do want to start that course or pivot or whatever. And we are committed to our families. We're committed to our jobs. We're committed to, you know, whatever's in front of us. And sometimes we're thinking, well, I just I'll wait until tomorrow because when is it all going to be feel perfect? And the truth is it never does. It never feels perfect. Yeah. I had many potential book outlines and, you know, things in my head that I just haven't done anything with. Yeah. There's different reasons. I don't think it's because I don't think I can do it, but there are probably some things I should unpack about why I haven't done them yet. So you want to talk a little bit more about how we can get out of our heads? Do you have any like exercises or things like kind of things we can go through? Yes, that's a great point. So I love to deal with a lot of, you know, high powered thinkers, I call them, because these are people that have done amazing things. They're leading people, they're managing people, they've done great things. But when I say, oh my gosh, you could have a book right now, or we need you to take all that awesome expertise and turn that into a digital course or something so that people from around the globe can experience you. They just look at me and they're like, I know I can do it, but you know, they're constantly thinking about all of the variables that need to be in play or in place before they launch, right? And so one of the things that I usually have the individuals do is this activity, which is somewhat like a visualization, but it's a little more pointed. And I'll say, okay, so close your eyes. And once I know who they want to work with, what kind of work they want to do, I usually do this activity where in first person, I am their avatar. And I say, imagine your avatar has been searching on Google for you for months. And because you don't exist, they just can't find you. And now they have found you and they just have this one question. What are you waiting for? Now, normally when I do that activity, sometimes my clients are crying, to be quite honest. Sometimes they are like, oh my gosh, because when we get out of our way and realize that the thing that we initially signed up to do was to either empower or to offer a solution or whatever it is that we usually get tied up in all the nuts and bolts of it. And we forget the people that we actually mean to be looking eye to eye with. And I always say, put those people in front of you. And that always will usually get you propelled to do something. Yeah, for sure. Well, and doing research, like I, I've been making the joke that I, I don't think I'll ever say, I don't know how to do something again because I can figure it out. I can Google it. Everything's on YouTube. <laughs> so having resources, things that are kind of at our, at our fingertips are important to remember as well. Do you think that it manifests itself in different ways 
for men? For men? Yeah. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I don't want to necessarily break it down by gender, but I can say that some of the things that some of the male clients that I've had have kind of looked to was, you know, the results orientation of what they've already done versus what they haven't done. So looking at the number, well, I, you know, I already missed, you know, this many years. And so what makes me actually think that if I start something new, that it's actually going to pan out? I know for a number of men that I've dealt with, some of them are concerned, well, I'm 50 now. So how do I now go out there and do this new thing? Or, you know, or I feel like I'm a failure. I, I even though I could have done more with my life. I'm just at this stage. And so I've talked to a lot of different people in different transitionary periods in their lives. And it's all, I think the common denominator is the sense of, you know, time, really, like how much more time can I actually live with myself, feel at peace with myself, go to bed at night, feeling like I'm making a contribution and at the same time being paid the value for the service that I provide. So I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think when there's some conflict or frustration, then usually that person might say, you know what, this is too much. Maybe that's really for someone else. And I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. Yeah. Getting paid what we're worth. That's also probably could be its own show. (laughs) Yes, it can. But yeah. And I, yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, like, when they're trying starting the consulting business or or starting their own agency, trying to figure out their pricing, and that's definitely a hard thing at, to start. But I'm I'm almost positive that hardly anyone charges exactly like as much as they should when they start out. And then you have to build the challenge there, and then you have to build yourself up to where you belong, right? Which if you've had a client for a long time, it can take a while, <laughs> incremental um, increases to get there. And so I talked a little bit. Well, we kind of when I mentioned your book, I think we got into this a little bit, but imposterness and can rear its head when we're already, but when we're considering a new path or approaching a new goal or something we're trying to reach, talk to our listeners about not letting it keep us from, from getting started. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many variables that really lead to that self-sabotage that I talked about earlier or procrastination. And one of the things I'll, I'll t- first tell you the story. So I was invited to go and speak. And I thought that the group I was going to speak to was a group of, you know, middle-aged women. I had no idea that it was a, a group of seniors. And this is an interesting story. So I get to this location and, it, you know, it's all these senior women who are way, they've already worked many, many years, you know, and so I'm thinking, what can I actually tell them about, you know, stopping procrastination and reaching new goals when, you know, I had this idea, well, they're this age, so they probably don't have that many big dreams. Boy, was I wrong. So I get there and I give my presentation about building confidence and leaving imposter and the whole thing. And at the very end, I say, you know what? Age is not a limitation. So what I'm going to challenge you all to do is to pick something that you do well. And I want you to just show up and just do something small. So if you can bake cakes, I want you to bake cakes. If you can sew, I want you to sew. And I've just basically said whatever talent or gift that you have that you really want to be paid the value for, do something with it and I'll see you in a month. Well, guess what? I couldn't believe it because boy, was I surprised. I show up there. I can't even get to the front door Because one of the ladies who was organizing the event, she said, Dr. Alana, the entire place is filled with quilted sweaters, brownies, cookies, drawings, paintings. I could not believe it. And it just showed me that, you know what, if these senior women could take that challenge and do something with their gifts, despite their age, it literally brought 
See, I'm, I hope I don't start crying. It literally brought tears to my eyes. They hugged me so much. I hugged them and it just was an amazing, um, oh, see, it just, it was an amazing time. And I want to share with your audience that your age does not have to be a limitation. One of the first things that helped me grow my business and helped me to get out of my own way was something I called incubation. You know, Albert Einstein could be seen for hours just sitting there and pondering. And the same way that we would show up to our job and show up for other people, we need to have that moment where we really show up for ourselves. And I think when we get really clear, and you know, it's funny because we're celebrating Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I also have lost people to breast cancer, but also as a survivor of endometriosis, someone who knows what that struggle is like. When I go and speak, I say, there's nothing like standing there before surgery when you're there and they let your family go and you're standing there by yourself and you sign this paper. And it's like, if I don't wake up, you know, it's okay. And you do all of that. But it's so sobering because when I'm in those moments where it's painful or I'm in that moment where I had to have a surgery, it really brings crystal clear what my passions are. Wait a minute. What am I doing on this planet? Wait a minute. What did I say I want to do? And so I would say we've all survived. If we're all living, you can see us, hear us. We've all survived this pandemic. It has been such a difficult time, but it's also one of the biggest times for creativity because so many people need different types of solutions. So instead of saying, well, I'm not perfect and I don't have everything together, do it afraid, do it step by step. But just know that those individuals are, millions of people are on the internet looking for solutions. So why couldn't they find you? Right. Well, and I think making incremental change is a good, really good point. Because if you look at it, a big goal is scarier than a little than a little goal. So if you can set small things to do to get there, that's awesome. I, our, Jen Cole is my co-host on on every other show, and she has a question. It is, how do you keep confident appearances on days when you're just not feeling on top of your game? Yeah, that's a great question. Can I share this funny story? Because it's true. Um, So I was traveling to Europe one time and there was supposed to be a speaker before me. And so I had the liberties of drinking a 12 ounce glass of Coke. And we all know what happens when you drink Coke, right? You burn. (laughs) So I drank this Coke with the intentions that I would present near the end because by then I would have, you know, done what I needed to do. Well, something was wrong with the system. And the gentleman comes and he's like, Alana, we're going to need you now. And I said, I cannot come now because I just drank some Coke and like, I need to wait. (laughs) So (laughs) So he says, no, I need you to come right now. So I go out there. This is a true story. There's all these people standing there in the audience. I open my mouth and in two minutes, the loudest, manliest burp that you could ever hear (laughs) goes right into the microphone. And I say that because sometimes we don't feel like showing up. Sometimes we mistakes actually happen and we just have to learn how to laugh and dust our shoulders off and say, it's okay. I'm human. I, everything doesn't have to be perfect. And there will be times when these moments in these moments, you know, you'll be surprised, but you know, you got to stick to it and stick to the message. <laughs> Jen loves that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to pop this 
Jen's going to share the link in the if you have any interest in in supporting the efforts of my walk um, on Sunday. Last year there was a virtual walk, which is super weird. Actually, there were they had a place where they did like people were in the backs of their cars, kind of like a like a drive-in theater or something. I did my walk in Croatia last year, so I'm really looking forward wow. to being with everyone in person. So, what what would be your like your top tip for to help us? When we get those initial thoughts, because we all, I think, forget that we are in control of our thoughts, right? Like you, thoughts creep in, but you can, there's things you can do actively to try to turn it around. So if someone gets that accrued syndrome, what would be like a tip that you would give them to try to squelch that? Yeah. So I always think that dating affirmations every single day reprograms your mind. So even when you don't feel like this person that you need to be, it just kind of shows up. So something I always tell my clients is that you are beautiful, you're valuable, and nothing about you or your experience is a mistake. And I have them say that every single day because sometimes whether it's someone in a new business and they haven't made as much as much revenue. So they might feel, well, my business is not worth as much as this other famous name. And I go, no, you really are five-star. Now we can't charge five-star if we don't feel five-star. So one of the first things I often remind the individuals to do is to have a personal five-star experience where you get all dressed up. I mean, you look your best. You go and buy yourself some beautiful roses. You put that in the living room. And if you're with someone you care about, say, nope, this is my time. I need to develop who I am (laughs) and then take a beautiful photo of yourself and put all of the wins that you've had in the last five years. I tell you when people do that activity, they are either crying. They are either just so in so much gratitude for all the things they forgot they did and accomplished because we're usually just working on our flaws. But when we kind of stop, do those affirmations, have those love moments, I tell you, it just empowers you. And it reminds you that, you know what? I am valuable, not in this pompous way, but I'm valuable. And the service I have is valuable. And that's why people want to invest a high dollar. See, when you feel that you really are five star, then it's easier for you to then expect that for someone else to treat you that way. I love that. I'm definitely going to do that exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jen says affirmations and self-talk work well for her. Yeah. And I keep a gratitude journal. I started that when I was in Croatia, actually. So uh, almost a year ago, and I try to do five things every time. Sometimes I can't get to five things, but I should add a, a positive affirmation to that too. Like have it be like a two for I like yeah. That. Affirmations are, you know, affirmations are great. I always tell when I go and speak, I say before my business was as known as it is now, before I was helping as many people, my first audience member was my cat. And he was fine <laughs> sitting there on my couch. And I would say, hello, my name is Dr. Alana DeGrasa, and I'm the president of Turning on the Lights Global Institute. And when you say your affirmations, you sometimes you don't really feel what you're saying. But after you say it at least a hundred times and you say it over and over again, you in your mind have now set a subconscious thought pattern, which allows you to feel more confident, even if you didn't feel like it when you first began. Yeah. And this just reminds me of that old Saturday Night Live skit, <laughs> looking in the mirror. I'm beautiful. I'm whatever. And gosh, darn it. People like me. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's corny, but it, it, I could see that it building on itself. That's amazing. Okay. So we're, we're winding down. I would love for you to share with our listeners a business book that you recommend that, that what's the name of it and the author, and maybe just like, you know, a little bit about it. 
Yeah. So I'd love to share Power Your Profits by Susie Carter. She's one of my coaches. Love her. But she has an amazing story of how she started out, you know, uh, high school diploma, only started with the hair salon business and now allows companies to go from 10000 to $10 million. What a story, a single mom, wow. how she overcame just, you know, all of her hurdles and just reminding women that, you know, we don't have to whisper our financial goals. And I love that about her. So definitely go out and grab her book. It's definitely going to be helpful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It, I've had some weird, like subtle things happen to me recently where I've had friends. I, I thought professionally, I might want to go work for someone else again. I think the universe is telling me that that's not going to happen. But several people who have been lovely and um, like giving me job referrals have kind of been taken aback when I say that that's kind of not at a level of pay or responsibility that I want to be at at this point in my career. And I'm super grateful. And I share that I'm grateful. It's like this, this subtle, like, oh, uh, not like you, you think you deserve that much kind of thing, but kind of like that. <laughs> I don't know. It feels very strange. And I haven't even responded in that. It's just like, you know, I've been working a long time. So well, I'm going to work full time for someone else. I'm going to get paid. Yeah, that's true. And, and, you know, I was talking to, you know, there's nothing wrong with making sure we do a good SWOT analysis of ourselves. And one of the things I was talking to another client about was, you know, she also had a terminal degree, great background. And I said, you're making $30,000 less than what you should. And you know what? It took me a year and a half to convince her of that. And but guess what? She finally realized, wait a minute, I do deserve. And before all the years of experience that I have, I should actually, there's nothing wrong with me thinking bigger about what my financial goals are. So she ended up packing her bags and moving all the way to a completely different state to get that $30,000 increase, but she did get it. And, you know, it's true that it's funny when before the pandemic, I would have biz prospects come into my office and they would say, I saw you talk and I want to learn how to grow my business or whatever. And I go, OK, well, tell me the number. And they would go, well, if I could just make. And I'm like, excuse me, I can't <laughs> hear you because if you whisper what you are hoping for, how can you really actualize that? We need to speak and be very clear about what we believe the value is that we are offering. And we have to understand what those value points are that we believe we are offering. So a lot of times I, you know, I notice that people might have what I call a CMF plan, like across my fingers, I hope it works. But I always say the clearer you are about who you are, the value you provide, the features and the benefits of what you offer, the easier it is also for people to repeat back to you the value that you do say you provide. So there's a lot yeah. that we can think about when we want to raise our financial, where we are financially. Absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. This has all been so wonderful. Can you tell our listeners best place to find you? And I think you had a conference that, that you were telling me about. Maybe you can mention that. Yeah. So you can find me at drlanadegrasso.com. We always have two events going on throughout the, uh, throughout the year. One is called Upgrade My Life and Biz Challenge. So any one of your listeners can come to that for free. It's a $997 value. And we also have the International Women Build Confidence Conference 7X. That means we want you to 7X your goals, ready to serve, ready to soar, and ready to impact. I want to share that a lot of people know that social media is a big game changer in business, but you can remain authentic. You can be an introvert 
or an extrovert and still be able to be successful. I started my business with zero dollars, zero bank loans, and zero investments, and I did it all from scratch. And I created a six-figure business without Facebook ads. So I definitely want you to come if you want to learn my story, if you want to meet with other experts in the room. Uh, It's going to be an amazing time with other eagles from all over the world. And thank you so much for having me. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Another power-packed episode of Making a Marketer. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for being on the live, for listening to the replay, or for listening on the podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoy the show, please take a minute, if you wouldn't mind, to rate or review us on your um, platform of choice. That helps more people learn about the show. All right. This has been episode 91 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.